Hey, y'all, before we get to this jam-packed episode talking about the Premier League season and previewing where each team is going to finish on the table, I have a very quick favor to ask of you guys. Uh, number one, on whatever podcast platform uh, you, you are on, give us a follow, give us a rating. We're going to be reading out five-star reviews on the show from here on out. I have one later on in the midpoint of this episode to read out, so please do that. Please follow us at Final Third Show on Twitter and Instagram. Those uh, links are going to be in the notes down below. All right, to the show. Hello, welcome back to the Final Third podcast, the Internet's number one soccer variety show. It is our deep dive episode. As always, I am one of your co-hosts, AJ Tabura. I was gone for the weekend, but now I'm back. I'm a fan of West Ham United, which we will be talking about, Minnesota United and the U.S. national teams. And as always, I'm joined by Jack. Yeah, hello. I am a Chelsea fan, which is great today because they won the Super Cup. Let's go. Uh, And a Minnesota United fan, Minneapolis City fan, Atalanta fan. They crushed a team 7-1 in preseason today, so that was Mm -hmm. pretty nice as well. And fan of the French national team and U.S. men's national team. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that... We can talk about some of the teams that we haven't really gotten to talk about in a while. We're talking about the Premier League preview, uh, or we're previewing the Premier League, all 20 teams. And Jack and I are splitting them up. We're going to be talking about what, how they did last season, their transfers so far, their weaknesses, their strengths, uh, key players, and where we think that they're going to end up, Jack. But before I go on about that and talk about some of the teams, I need to talk about Chicago which is where right. I was at, right? right. Uh, I, I was originally supposed to go to Portland and Seattle. Didn't go because, uh, you know, with the Delta variant, didn't want to go on an airplane right now with all those different people going to the airport. So we just drove down to Chicago, masks and everything. Didn't go to the Chicago Fire game. And honestly, I don't think I was missing out much, even though they won, <laughs> even though they won. As always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Final Third Show. We're going to talk about a lot about the Premier League, the opening weekend, uh, Jack talked a lot about the Super Cup, so if you want to you know, hear about all these different competitions, whether it's CONCAT Champions League, MLS, or the aforementioned competitions, check us out there. Uh, Jack, Fantasy Premier League, uh, that's starting up soon. We have a league, don't we? We do, yeah. You should jo- uh, Everyone should join it. It's going to be fun. Uh, last year, um, AJ and I played with a mutual friend who forgot about it after four weeks so it was really just us in there so you know what join on in it will be way more fun with more people in there yeah we have i think six people seven people in right now we have a good amount of people but i think these leagues can go as as high as you want in terms of the people yeah, i can thou- join thousands hundreds of thousands millions yeah all of our millions of listeners but exactly. if, you're, if you're listening to this right now go and check us out uh, link will be down in the description below for that league. Just join it. It's free. And you can see if you're better than us. Hint, you're going to be better than Jack, but not me. <laughs> well, speaking of not the fantasy Premier League, the real Premier League, let's get into our preview. Uh, Jack, the way that we're going to be choosing this, if you want to explain how we're deciding which teams to talk about first, because it's not alphabetical order. Right, because we we uh, I actually coded a random algorithm to split up the teams for us. And uh, I also now have a random wheel that I just click spin on. I'm not looking at it yet. It's my, my iPad is flat down on here and we're going to see who gets to talk first on, on a team. So the first team here that's not going to show up on there. 
No, no way! You're not going to believe this. What? Chelsea? It's Chelsea. It's Chelsea oh my first. Gosh. We get to talk about Chelsea first, which is a massive dub for me. Yeah, so, massive dub because they also won today. So it, yeah, it's just what, all coming up Chelsea. Wow. Why not start with the European champions here sure, and go ahead. the Super Cup champions? Of course, Chelsea are my team. I'm wearing a Chelsea jersey right now. Won the Super Cup. They are the champions of Europe. They're looking to build on a very solid foundation Thomas Tuchel created last January and reclaim the Premier League title, which hasn't graced Stamford Bridge since Antonio Conte came and won it in 2017. Can they do it? Because last finish, they finished fourth place. They finished fourth place the season before. Are they on track for another fourth place finish or are they ready to win? So let's get into it as I start a timer because I forgot. (laughs) First of all, ins and outs for transfers. There's only one announced transfer in third choice goalkeeper Marcus Bedinelli, a massive signing for Chelsea. It was a needed signing, to be fair. We need a third choice goalkeeper after Willy Caballero left. And Romelu Lukaku, though, he's all but confirmed to rejoin the Blues pending an official announcement by Chelsea after a very successful season with Inter Milan. He's a great striker. Uh, And honestly, even if it's just him that comes in, very good transfer window. But they're also linked with center back Jules Koundé from Sevilla, who has been fantastic for the La Liga side. Quite a lot of players leaving the club, though, with more potentially to follow. Academy products Tino Livermento going to Southampton, Mark Guehi going to Crystal Palace, Fakayo Tamori going to AC Milan, and Tammy Abraham could follow, leaving by going to either Roma, Atalanta, or Arsenal. And of course, the legend himself, Olivier Giroud, has unfortunately left for AC Milan. Still not over that one. <laughs> they, they could yet sell Timu Bakayoko to Milan, Roma, Juventus. Uh, Ross Barkley, Dr- Danny Drinkwater, Matt Miazga, and even more deadweight in their squad. And, you know, the, that's, that's about it. That's the transfers in and out, uh, and along with some rumors. Some key players for them, Mason Mountain, Kai Havertz, absolutely crucial in attack. And if Romelu, once Romelu Lukaku does officially join, he will be a key player as well because he provides what Chelsea have been missing in finishing chances. I also think Ben Chilwell is really important because his defensive work was really good and he provides a lot of width to a system that otherwise doesn't have much. Thiago Silva, of course, very important defensive rock at the back, very experienced, very good. And of course, I have to mention the best goalkeeper in the UCL last season, Edward Mendy, who will come up huge in this season and could potentially win the Golden Glove. I think he could. And I think the biggest strength I want to highlight here is just their depth. Chelsea could easily field two starting 11s that could challenge for the league title, or at least top four. And that's really important when you're going to be competing in all all these competitions. So that's the first big strength. I think, though, that the biggest weakness, if I had to highlight one, is that they haven't really finished chances. They create a ton, but they don't finish them. That could be addressed with Lukaku. And if it is, then hey, guess there's no weaknesses for Chelsea. (laughs) I, I... that, but I, I still think there might be some problems at the beginning of the season. We will see about that, though. Overall, my tier ranking for this, we have four tiers. I should have explained that. Sure. Top, yeah. There's a top four tier, which is places one through four. There's in the hunt slash European candidates, five through ninth place. Uh, Mid table, which is 10th through 15th. And relegation scrappers, which is 16th through 20th. 
I put Chelsea in the top four tier. The champions, or uh, yep, the champions of Europe have really only strengthened without losing any major players this season. Besides Drew, uh, I think the Blues might not just make top four, but with their depth, could seriously make a run for title. And in fact, that is what I'm predicting: wow. champions of wow. England, first place. Wow. Chelsea bias, yes, but I think that they have the depth to do it. AJ, what do you think about Chelsea? Wow, we really. Uh... Uh, start off strong with that with that first place prediction with Chelsea, huh? Of course, yeah. That's crazy. I mean, with Lukaku, I, we tweeted about this. Your your top goal scorer last year was Jorginho in the Premier yeah, League. Yeah, seven goals. Lukaku scored like 40-plus goals in the past two seasons for Inter Milan. If he can readapt to the Premier League and integrate into the squad, it's going to be insane. It's going to be crazy. That's why I have you also in the top tier. I don't have you as champions. I'm so sorry. I have one more team that I think is on top. I have Chelsea. I I think I know who it is. I have Chelsea. It's Norwich. It is exactly Norwich City. Yes, exactly. (laughs) No, it might be another city. Leicester. I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, maybe I I won't spoil it, but uh, I I think they're going to be a strong second place. I think a trophy is expected, whether it's the Premier League or another trophy. Uh, I think that's that's on the table. One quick question for you. Mm-hmm. Who is your front four slash front three, whatever you want to define the attacking line? Ziyech went down, but in a fully healthy lineup, who is your attacking lineup, uh, including Lukaku, if you want? Ooh. Front three, I think. Uh Actually, I'd go with a front four if I was Tuchel. I'd, I'd, I'd actually go to a 4-2-4. Uh, on the left flank, I'd, I'd say play Mason Mount. Okay. On, uh, and then as the left striker, Timo Werner, right striker, Lukaku, have them play off each other, and then right wing, right midfielder, whatever you want to call him, Havertz. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's that would be my lineup. I know that you're going to be upset because I didn't put Pulisic in there, but I think that's the best. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I I think that's a good lineup. But the fact that you can have Ziyech and Pulisic off the bench exactly. is crazy, is crazy. Uh, so good for you. Uh, let's get into the second team if you want to spin the wheel. I yeah, know it takes I, I did a it. Bit. I did it while I did it while okay. you were uh, going because it takes a while. And I get to talk again about the team you definitely predicted to win, which is Norwich. Okay, nice. Norwich let's talk City. About Norwich. Yeah, of course. A very strong team. Everyone knows them. Uh, the reigning champions of the EFL Championship, they had a disappointing season two seasons ago in the Premier League. See if you can follow that logic around, and we'll be yeah. hoping to do better this time around. Daniel Farka is still the head coach, and they still have a lot of the same personnel, but with some solid new additions. So let's take a look at this squad. So first, going for the transfers, there are so many ins into this club. Billy Gilmore came in on loan from Chelsea, Milout Rashika. I think, and yep. Josh Sargent, of course, USMNT striker from Werder Bremen. Pierre Lismelou comes in from Nice, which is a fantastic signing. Really, really underrated, I feel like. Not a lot of people really picked him up, but he's a really fantastic player. Uh, so these are fantastic transfers into the club and sort of what they needed after a disappointing stay in the Prem last season. They're only, there are only two main transfers out. Uh, and Emmy Buendia, who is a big miss, and yep. Mario Vranic, uh, only one, only one of which is like a major player for the club. Even then, they've been replaced, which is exactly what they need to do. You know, Emmy Buendia replaced by 
so uh, Milot Rashika and Josh Sargent really in that in those attacking roles. That's kind of what they need to do. Really great work by Norwich, honestly, on the transfer business. Key players, uh, Tim Krul, I think, is is a goalkeeper that has been sort of un- underrated when he's played in the Premier League, but so, so important. He kept them in games in the 19 through 20 Premier League season, and he's a solid shot stopper. I think he'll be a crucial leader from the back, along with fullback Grant Hanley. Uh, and I think his Scottish compatriot, Billy Gilmore, has the potential to have a fantastic standout season given his quality at Chelsea. He just needed those minutes, uh, and in the preseason, really promising, he looks. Uh and also, Timu Puki and Todd Cantwell. I can't go through Norwich without mentioning those two players. Immensely important for the club, and those are going to be the two that are most responsible for scoring goals, I think. Of course, Rashika and Sargent will be very responsible for that as well, but I think that Puki and Cantwell are a solid duo. Uh, yeah, I, I think that that's really good, but tier ranking, I have them in the bottom tier, relegation scrap. Because I think there's still there's still a few places they need to build on, but they've built a solid team this time around, which is more than I could say in the 1920 season. They have players who got EPL experience, plus some solid players from other clubs in Europe like Werder Bremen and Nice. I think if I think that this investment's going to pay off, and they'll do just enough to stay up, wow. even if they fight for it, if, even if they really have to fight for it. I'm going to go 16th place actually wow. on this. I, I think they could do it. They, I, I really think they can. But AJ, how, how, how are you feeling about Norwich with Josh Sargent up top? Is Josh Sargent going to start? I hope so. Is Josh Sargent going to bag in goals? I hope so. Is Norwich City going to stay up? I don't think so. Oh, and, and I know this is a disappointment. I've been hyping up Josh Sargent in Norwich City because I do believe that they have a good squad. You, you mentioned a lot of great names. Uh, I'll add on just Grant Hanley, Pookie, Sargent, and Gilmore as the four, the ones that that stuck out to me. I know there's a lot more than that. Uh, But overall, I I see Norwich City, as you do, as an unfinished product. They they did a lot to rebuild and win the EFL championship last season. I I think on paper, they might have one of the better squads of the, the promoted bunch. I just don't really think that it can all come together in the way that they want to. And it's funny because according to a lot of odds makers, a lot of uh, betting places, they are the number one club to get relegated, most likely club to get relegated, despite being the ones who won the championship last season. So it's very tough. I have them barely getting relegated. I, I could definitely see them making their way out. I have them as 18th place. Okay. Okay. Just on that relegation uh, border. Uh, but Jack, who is our third team? Hopefully we can get some uh, mid table because we address the top. We trust the bottom. Who is going to yeah. be now? Let's see who we have next. And I believe this is one of yours. We have Newcastle up next. Ah, uh, yes. From one exciting team to another. I'm just kidding, <laughs> Newcastle fans. It's okay. It's okay. Newcastle was one of the ones I found kind of hard to predict and really point out where they're going to be. Uh, last season, they finished 12th. And even though that's a decent mid-table uh, uh, finishing spot, a lot of people agree that it was quite the slog to get there. It was, it was quite the predicament they found themselves at many points of the, at the season. Uh, for transfers, there's only really one, not even an official transfer. I don't even think they've had an official transfer. One rumor. And that is Willick, Joe Willick. 
in for 22 million pounds. He scored eight goals for Newcastle last season, and he's probably coming back, which is going to be huge for their attacking setup. However, there's not much else activity to report on other than that, which is pretty concerning given how they finished last season. So let's talk about strengths. Uh, where to start? Mm, not much to really speak. And I guess a- a- Alan St. Maxime, is that, if that's how you pronounce Maximum. it. Maximum. Maximum? That's so sick. <laughs> I'm going to call him ASM for this, just for my uh, that, own that's sake. What, that's where he goes by a lot of, a oh, lot okay, of the time, okay. so there you well, go. ASM is a good winger who's entering his prime. Pretty good. Maybe he'll bag some goals in. Callum Wilson is a pretty decent striker as well. And uh, for another strength, hmm, I guess St. James Park is open again. That's a pretty good stadium. That's cool. Uh, Weaknesses, a a a lot. Let's go over that. Uh, Their owner, Mike Ashley, refuses to invest any serious money into uh, infrastructure, into anything meaningful in this team. Steve Bruce is their head coach, and he is hated, and sometimes rightfully so, because he has very conservative and confusing tactics. May I remind everyone that there was a nine-game winless streak last season that saw them score six goals and concede 18, so not really great on that part. And overall, their biggest weakness so far is their lack of investment to give and to revamp this squad, so the squad is pretty thin in terms of quality, and I just don't see them doing a, a huge amount good on this uh, in this season. Key players, ASM, Callum Wilson, I think this season all hinges on them. If they can stay healthy and work together to bag in goals, they'll be good. If they can't, then I could see Newcastle being in that bottom tier. Speaking of those tiers, I don't have them in the bottom tier for right now because I believe in Wilson and ASM. I have them in that mid-table scrap Maybe towards the bottom, I have them as 14th in my prediction table. Jack, Newcastle United, where are they for you? Yeah, well, uh, like you said, Newcastle, not a lot of excitement going around right now. But like you said, they're a pretty solid squad who seem to grind out results. And that's really all you need. They had some impressive moments last season. And if they get Joe Willick... I think they're going to be really good. Remember, they got a draw against Liverpool. They beat Leicester like they they were a very solid team once they had Joe Willock. They needed that creativity from midfield. Right. I think if they get him, they they should be fine. They should survive. I don't think they should worry that much about relegation. I have them in 13th. So one place above you. Okay. okay. Uh, not, I, I, I don't think they're going to have a spectacular season or anything, but I think they'll do enough to survive again and maybe just maybe they'll have a new owner next time around. I mean, I know that this the Saudi Arabian bid kind of fell apart, but yeah. <laughs> at this point, other than maybe uh, Saudi Arabia, I think any owner would be better than Mike Ashley. Uh, Jack, we are we're pretty. Uh, we got similar takes in terms of where, which tier to put these teams on. Maybe the yeah. next team we're gonna differ a little bit. Uh, maybe we'll see we'll see i i have the next team and i think you're gonna be real happy about this one is it west ham you get to talk about your boys west ham united let's go we're starting this this uh this episode strong talking about our own personal team so yeah Yeah. let's talk about west ham uh who i have winning that the title actually oh okay that that's who it was okay no uh west ham united my you know personal favorite team you know I, i i still have not really met anyone in my own personal life that cheers for any team outside of the big six 
And whenever I tell anyone that I support West Ham, the, the main response I get is, why? And to this day, I can't really explain why. I just love West Ham. Uh, they did really well last season, which made me very happy. Finished fifth, got into the UEFA uh, Europa League, which is, you know, the best UEFA tournaments, oh, okay. club tournaments. So okay. whatever. Uh, for the transfer window, they had goalkeeper Ariola confirmed coming in on loan from PSG, which is going to be great because Fabianski is getting old. Rumors, uh, a lot of center back rumors, uh, Zuma and the one that's most likely to get uh, done, even though there's rumors that it's falling apart. Uh, Milinkovic for 14 million pounds from Fiorentina. Really hope we can get a center back. Uh, really hoping it's him. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, in terms of strengths for this team, the core of this team is very, very strong. The Rice-Suchek pairing is, for my money, a top five midfield in the league. And when you look at the rest of the core players, I look at the fullback Sufal and Cresswell. You can look at Antonio and Ben Rama. They're all very good, and they've had very, very good seasons. And so those backbones of this team are set in stone, and they have been performing and that's me. I think what will carry on to the rest of this this season. The weaknesses, there's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, number one that everyone's going to be talking about about this West Ham team is depth. Uh, part of the reason why we were able to get into the the Europa League spots is because we didn't have uh, injuries affect us too much. Even when Rice, even when Antonio went down, we still kind of managed to stay in there. Now we're going to be playing in Europe. We're going to be in an entirely new competition. And there haven't really been any major additions to reinforce this squad because it, it's a fairly uh, thin one. Uh, other than Ariola and hopefully Milinkovic, we, we're kind of screwed if, if some of our major players go down. If Rice goes down, we're re relying on an almost retired Mark Noble or putting Fornals uh, back a little bit or Lanzini back a little bit. And if Antonio goes down... As of right now, we're just relying on vibes. We're relying on false nine Yarmolenko if he stays. Like, like it, it's it's not looking great. Yes, we we found a backup slash starter goalkeeper in Areola, but other than that, we still need a center back, central midfielder, and a striker before this window becomes a success. The drop off after the first team in general means that after we we get tired in the midweek due to uh, Europa games. Our Premier League games might be pretty bad because we just can't really rely on our first team because they're going to be very fatigued. Uh, this attack just needs to improve as well. Ben Rama and Bowen had okay seasons last year, but a lot just needs to improve. We need more out of those two wingers. Key players, Declan Rice. I think this is going to be his either last or second to last season before we cash out on him. Hopefully we get a good Europa League uh, campaign out of him. Thomas Suchek, Vladimir Sufal, the, 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 the checkmates, Angelo Ogbana, our, our guy in the back. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Antonio as well, the Jamaican god himself up front. Hopefully he can stay uh, healthy as well. You know, for position, I, I, people know me as an anti-homer. I think Jack knows how anti-homer I am, and that's the case here. With the Europa League fatigue, I think it's stupid to, for anyone to put West Ham United at least in this early part of the season, in the top 10, in the top half. I have them 11th. I think we're going to fall off a little bit. I won't be too mad as long as we have a good Europa League showing. Hoping for all the best. Jack, 
are you optimistic about about my guys' seasons or are you on the same boat as me? I mean, you covered it really well, so I'm not going to harp on it too much more. But yeah, sure. depth is the main issue. Um, it, it, they, they didn't bring him in enough people. They, that, that's about it. And, yeah. you know, they're, <laughs> they're going to be tired. They're going to be they're going to all be like Pedro. That, yeah. That's what's going to happen. The entire squad is going to be like that's so funny. At, begging for a rest. But uh, I actually am more optimistic than you slightly. I put them in 10th place. So right okay. on the edge okay. of, of that. I, I have a feeling that. Uh, West Ham might focus more on Europe just because they know that this might be like sort of a once in a decade sort of opportunity. Right, well, okay. I, <laughs> that, that, that might be a bit harsh, but you sure, get what I sure. mean. It's, it's a very rare opportunity, I guess, to to uh, compete in Europe like, like this. So I think that they're going to try and grab that by the horns and go for it. And as a result, might suffer in the league a little bit. So tier three, right on the edge, 10th place. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're a little bit more optimistic and just you wait until we get new owners as we are being rumored to be in the process of because I I think we'll be right on the top next to Chelsea. So there's that. Uh, Jack, what is the next club we're talking about? You know what? Let's keep it in London with the Hornets. I think I think they're the Hornets. Watford. I I don't know what they are. I don't know. I've heard of hornets but on their badge it's a it's a moose i don't know i i'm very confused by their badge choice but regardless that is the team that we're going to be talking about i've got watford watford got second in the championship last season good enough for automatic promotion and we're honestly pretty unlucky to get relegated in the 1920 premier league season uh only denied by faulty goal line technology really uh so can the hornets make it back up or stay up, I should say, in uh, the Premier League this time around. And let's go over the transfers. Watford have made a lot of transfers in, and they're mostly all at forward or center midfield. In fact, they've brought three forwards and three midfielders, as well as the goat Danny Rose, <laughs> who wasn't, who uh, wasn't, who was just so good for Spurs that he didn't even make the squad for them last season. Uh, so that 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 tells you about him. Highlights from the acquisitions include Slovakian goat Juraj Kutska, Kutska, yep, on loan from Parma, who is all right in Serie A but not fantastic. Josh King from Everton, who they released after not doing all that well for them, having only one shot on target in the Premier League last season in 11 games. Uh, the only major player leaving the club is Craig Dawson, who AJ knows very well yeah. uh, from his ability to score goals and own goals with ease. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, that, that's that, those are their transfers in and out. Key players, only two players really come to mind for, like, star players in this, being Will Hughes, who is an amazing central midfielder in the championship last season and really crucial to Watford's success, and Ismail Assar, a Senegalese right winger, who brought himself fame with an incredible performance against Liverpool in 2020, one of the last games before the pandemic closed everything for a few months. Uh, you might remember that one where Watford beat Liverpool 3-0. to zero. He scored two goals and assisted one that day. Uh, but that kind of shows you a bit of a weakness with their squad, though. A lack of real standout players who can change games. Because a lot of Premier League teams have those players where like you're like, okay, I can count on you to change this game for me or to produce a moment of magic. You know, even Norwich has Timu Puki, Todd Cantwell. Uh, Burnley has like Chris Wood. Uh, you know, like all, Newcastle have Callum Wilson, Alan St. Maximin, you know, all like these kinds of players who can do that kind of stuff. But 
you know, I can't, I, I struggle to think of any besides Ishmael Asar, who has some injury his, history uh, and could not could be kind of bad for them. Ultimately, I, I, I just I just don't think they have that thing. Strengths. Ishmael Asar is about <laughs> it. The Cyclone GK being there. That's about it. Uh, ben Foster, Premier League legend, of course, is at the club. Probably won't be starting. Daniel Bachman will be there. Overall, I don't think they've strengthened enough in the one area that matters most, which is defense. Uh, they, they ha- they, their defense is championship level, and that is a big problem. I, I think they're going in Tier 4, relegation scrap. Just poor Watford. I, I don't want to do this to them because I have mad respect for Ben Foster. I love him. Love his matchday vlogs on YouTube, really. Uh, but I don't <laughs> think they've done enough to stay in the top flight. And I see them heading straight back down. Losing Saar for AFCON as well is definitely going to hurt yeah. them a lot Afcon. and their defense just doesn't convince me in the slightest unfortunately someone has to take this spot and i'm putting them bottom of the table i'm very sorry to the cycling goalkeeper for this but it's it's ha- it has to happen jack 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 <sighs> i know we had our first agreed upon oh wow team. okay okay i have watford last i think you explained it perfectly that defense is a huge issue my reasoning, however, even though I agree with you, is simply Troy Deeney can go suck it. I have him going last. I, I, I think West Ham fans don't like Troy Deeney. He's always That's fair. That's fair. he's always mugged us off. He's gotten, I think, in a fight with us, an actual yep. fight. Yep. And, he, and he's he's always saying bad things about us. Like we were we were linked with him and all West Ham fans were like, I don't want that to happen in the slightest. And yeah, just don't like the guy. Don't like Watford. Uh, hope they go down, and I hope they break the record for least amount of points scored. Oh, no. <laughs> Jack, I, I don't even want to talk about Wofford anymore. I want to talk about the next club, which I'm hoping is a good one. Jack, who is it? It's a pretty good one. I It's it's me again, and we've sure. got Leeds. Ooh, here. that is a good one. That is a good one. I Now, you said, uh, you, said uh, you know, West Ham fans don't like Troy Deeney. Chelsea fans don't like Leeds uh, because Leeds are there. There's a lot of history behind the Leeds Chelsea rivalry. But, sure, yeah. uh, you know, background for Leeds, the most impressive promoted side in the Premier League last season. It's undeniable. Uh, they yeah, were the only, the only one, one to stay up. Yeah, to the be only one to survive. <laughs> and for good reason, Mark Marcelo Bielsa has them playing a good style of football, has solid players at his disposal. But will they be able to top their impressive achievements from last season? They got ninth last time around. There, as far as transfer business goes, there's not a ton to speak of. There's only one major transfer in, which is Junior Furpo, a left back from Barcelona, which they did need for depth because as Jan Alyovsky. OK, he's OK. He's not great. They, they needed another left back. Uh, but the only major transfer out was Kiko Casilla, which Leeds fans will tell you wasn't that big of a loss anyway, but it does leave them without great goalkeeping cover. However, given their key players, I don't think they need it. Elon Meslier, French goalkeeper, very good in the league last season. Nine clean sheets. Fantastic, really. Uh, kept leads in a lot of games. Crucial player for them. As well as you have to talk about uh, Patrick Bamford and Rafinha, who were really good for leads in attack last season. Bamford was challenging for the golden boot, realistically. Like, he was up there in the gold tally. So, I, I mean, like, it, he is a very solid player if he can maintain that form. Leeds are in a good place. And Calvin Phillips, after a really impressive Euro campaign, I think that he's going to be really crucial to transitioning between defense and attack, which Leeds do a lot uh, on their counterattacking sort of style. So he's going to be very crucial to them. Uh, 
you know, I, I think strengths for this team, that attack, that and their and their I don't know how to put this, but ability cohesion. That's the that's the word I'm looking for. Sure, cohesion yeah. as a team. They're really they have a really good system uh, that their coach has them playing and they're hard to break down, which is a really big strength for them. Their weakness, though, is the exact same thing. Uh, they because they counterattack a lot. They leave themselves open at the back a lot, but they're sort of of the same mindset as Atalanta there where it's like. I score goals. It doesn't really matter how many you score. I'm going to score more. That, that's that's sort of what they play at times. And, you know, I, I think that the their defense still isn't perfect. They still could concede a lot of goals. That was their big issue. I'm not sure if they've completely plugged it up, but I think they've done enough to, like, do very well for themselves. I think this year is the time for them to solidify themselves as a team that just doesn't hold their own in the Prem but can fight and be in the hunt for Europe. I'm actually going for tier two in ninth place. So same as last time around, no improvement or anything, but I think that Leeds fans will take staying in the top flight another year. Yeah. I mean, for sure. And Jack, that is our first tier uh, disagreement. I think you have them in tier three then definitely. Don't you? I actually have them in the chant. No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I do have them in tier three. I have them in that mid table scrap. Here's the way that I think about promotion sides. I think that your first season promoted sides just needed to do whatever it takes to stay up, uh, like th- throw, throw the sink, throw the entire kitchen at the promotion fight at uh, sorry, the, the survival fight and just stay up. Second season is all about stabilization. If you try to continue that same that same mindset into the, the, the second season as you did from the first season, it's not going to go well. Because you need to start thinking like a Premier League club. You're, you, you need to start plugging up the holes that you looked past in your first season. Uh, and so that defense is something that's a major concern. And I think even if it means sacrificing some points, even if it means sacrificing some goals, Marcel Bielsa is going to focus more on becoming a little bit more defensively sound. Not exactly giving up his like attacking mentality. I don't think that at all. But at least shoring up the major, major issues. They lost like what six one to Manchester United last time around, I and beat for, them, and beat them. Yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true. So. But like, you cannot have that unpredictability in your second season. I think Furpo is going to be a great addition. Uh, he will actually be replacing Alioski as he did actually leave for a Saudi Arabian club. I thought that I, I Al did Ali. Think that. So right, so, ah. and, and I, I'm pretty pro Furpo, so that rhymes. So it's true. Uh, so so I, I think that they're going to do at least OK. And that's why I have them just the one below you. So just technically in the third tier. OK, OK. So kind of on the kind of on the edge. Yes. OK, so, so right at 10th. Uh, Jack, right. our next club, who is it going to be? Uh, our favorite London rivals, Tottenham Hotspur. All right. All right. This is me. I completely forgot. Because yeah. guess what? <laughs> I hate them. No, nah, nah. well, I, I do. I do. But uh, speaking about Tottenham, how they did last season, they got seventh. They're in the conference league this time around. They lost the League Cup to Manchester City. Uh, Not great for them. They definitely want to rebound. Transfers in Brian Gill for 21 million from Sevilla. Great attacking addition. Christian Romero from Atalanta. Great defensive uh, center back. And Golini as goalkeeper, who's going to be pushing uh, Lloris as potentially... Uh, a goalkeeper 
uh, that could that they can rely on. Transfers out. The the big confirmed one is Lamella to Sevilla, who got uh, swapped in that that guild trade. And the rumored one, uh, some guy I don't know if you've heard of, uh, Harry Kane leaving for Manchester City. No, that I haven't is, heard of him. Yeah, rumored to be uh, over 160 million pounds potentially, including all of the bonuses and what have you. That's going to be a huge one because he was the league's top assister and top goal scorer last year. He is quite the player. I don't need to be the one that explains that to you. Uh, strengths, a front four of Kane, Deli Ali, Son, and Brian Gill is going to be a very scary sight for any defense. Brian Gill adds so much creativity on the wing and will compliment Son, who is going to be probably on the other side. Nuno, also, who is their new coach has a defensive mindset needed to stabilize a spiraling club, and that'll be very important in getting them back into that Champions League spots. The weaknesses? Uh, Nuno's going to want to employ a 4-3-3, and if that's the case, and even if it's not, the defense is still an issue, even with Romero being a great defensive upgrade. Sanchez, Dyer, and Doherty aren't the best names to really pair with. If Kane leaves, then, the goal, in, uh, the goal conversion creation that he had last season is lost, and without a Kane or a Kane-level replacement, I just don't see how this club can get even close to the top four. That's how important Kane is to this club. I know uh, Lotoro Martinez is linked to Spurs. That could be an either good partnership for Kane or a good replacement for Kane. Do you have any news on that, if that's happening? I don't, I don't think it's going to happen after Lukaku. That's all, that's all I'm thinking. I, I, I've heard Inter are blocking the sale of him. All right, well, in that case, Spurs are even more screwed. But if they can reinvest that Kane money in the winter or this transfer window, I see a very strong second half of the season coming through, which is why I have them where I have them, which is why I'm going to bring that up later. I'll keep players. Kane, if he stays, uh, Son, Gill, and eh, Hoiberg. Why not? Why not? Uh, position on this, I have them. I, 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 I was torn because I was like, should I predict that Kane will stay or should I predict that he will go? I'm going to say if he stays, they can challenge for Champions League. But if he goes, I see best case scenario, sixth place, European candidates, uh, Europa League. So a slight improvement, but still not where they want to be. Jack, where do you have Spurs? I have them in a similar position. I, I'm, I made my position uh, assuming that he doesn't leave, actually, because okay. City are under a major FFP investigation by the Premier League. Yeah, uh, whatever. Well, it, it's it's pretty bad because they found out that they lied in their court of arbitration for sport okay, hearings. Okay. Uh, so they produce falsified financial documents, basically. So that that's a big problem. And so I don't think they're going to be able to sign Harry Kane, uh, especially after Grealish. I put them in fifth and I don't think they can get top four. And the reason why Romero, like you said, great. I love him as an uh, because he was great for Atalanta, but he pushes forward a lot. He makes recovery runs, but, you know, put in put in faster way, uh, players behind him because, you know, Serie A, not exactly a pacey league. It's more it, there's a lot of physicality, but there's a lot of pacey physical forwards in the Premier League. And I think that he could get burned by that. So that that's what I, that's what I'm thinking. He doesn't have a solid enough defensive partner. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I put him. Oh, I didn't say where I put him, I think I. I put him oh, in fifth did. place. Fifth place yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I I wasn't quite sure. Just a little bit off of what you said, but I think that Spurs fans will take that after last season. Nice. Nice. Well, Jack, the next club, I think it's the eighth club we're talking about. Who's it going to be? All right. We're going to stay in London again and talk about 
Crystal Palace. My favorite team. Yeah, everyone's favorite team. It is a new era for Crystal Palace, specifically a Hodgsonless era. Will Vieira be able to repeat his feats of keeping Palace in the top flight yet again? Last season, they finished 14th. Hodgson seemed to always keep them around 14th place uh, after barely keeping them up when he first came in. So transfers in and out. To be fair to Palace, they have made some decent signings. Connor Gallagher on loan from Chelsea. Very good. I really rate Connor Gallagher quite highly. So that's a solid one. Uh, Michael Elise was a baller in the championship for Reading. I don't know what it is with uh, Crystal Palace, but they buy so many ballers from Reading that that are like Eze last season, now Elise. They've got two new center backs in Joachim Anderson and Mark Guehi, but they have lost quite a few players. Mamadou Sako, Sako is gone. Okay. Gary Cahill, Cahill an, a Premier League legend, is gone. James McCarthy in midfield gone. Andrus Townsend, who was pretty good for them last season, it has left for Everton as well. Leaves Palace with very little depth in the midfield and attack, especially since uh, Eze is out with an Achilles injury and Michael Elise is injured for the first four to five weeks of the season. I mean, key players for, for Palace... It's pretty much just Zaha. I, I I don't know who else is really the key player there. Maybe Joaquin Anderson, who was good for Leon, good for Fulham. Batshuayi, maybe? Batshuayi, if he goes back. He he was only on loan last season, so we'll see if he goes back there. Benteke? I, I'm throwing out names at this point. Benteke, maybe. Yeah. Um, But, you know, they, they don't have many standout players in their squad, and some of the players who do stand out do so for being really bad, like Luka Milivojevic. <laughs> so... That that's Crystal Palace's key problem. They don't have enough depth in the midfield. They don't have depth in the attack. They got center backs, but what like defending only is so good if you if uh, if you can score goals as well. And I think they might struggle to do it, especially without Andros Townsend and Eze being out. Ultimately, in in this one, I have them in four in the fourth tier. I have them in a relegation scrap. Vieira also does not have a very good CV. He was at New York City FC, did well there, did okay at Nice, but put together a really bad run that led to him getting sacked from there. Uh, And, you know, I, I, uh, I just don't think that this is that this is that good for them. And as is out for at least half the season, losing Andros Townsend is, is big for them. I really don't see how this goes well for Palace. And they were already really close to relegation in most seasons. I think it's the year it happens to them. Uh, I'm going 18th. I think wow. I, 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 I think that might be the most the hottest take I have here today. But I really think Crystal Palace are in trouble this season. I don't think it's a terribly hot take. I, I think Crystal Palace, uh, for for what it's worth, have been under underachieving the past couple of seasons. And this could be the season they get relegated. I think, however, this is the biggest discrepancy in our choices. I, I felt that that was going to happen. I have Crystal Palace, like they usually are, as a middling club in the mid-table uh, tier three, 15th place. I, I think that they have a, a pretty weak squad, all things considered, but I think Patrick Vieira has a chip on his shoulder. I think he'll do just enough to not inspire confidence in his coaching ability, but to at least keep them up or maybe he gets fired halfway through and they bring in big sam or something to save them and <laughs> no. they get 15th i don't know i don't know but that, that that's just how i i i see it i have nothing to say because i frankly 
try not to think about Crystal Palace too much, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I don't think many people do. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jack, let's move on to a more exciting club, hopefully. Who's it going to be this time? Well, if you're looking for excitement in terms of XG, you've got it, because we're going down to the south coast for Brighton and Hove Albion. Nice, nice. I think this is me, right? Yes, it is. Yes. Brighton, Hove Albion. Uh, managed by the legendary Graham Potter. I don't know if you can call him that. Legendary. Um, <laughs> last season... They got a club record points, Jack. 41 points. Woo! 16th place. So I, I guess, like, uh, whatever. 13 cleared the drop, though, so it's not like they were at ever uh, any risk of falling down into the EFL championship. Transfers, they've added Enoch Mwepu, an 18 million signing from Red Bull Salzburg. He's a midfielder who will pair very nicely with Basuma in the center of the pitch. Other than that, the 16th place finishing team haven't really added anyone of note. However, they've gotten rid of some players, most notably Ben White, their center back, 15 mil to Arsenal. That's a good amount of money that they can reinvest. Uh, Davey Proper, I guess, their central midfielder. Matthew Ryan, their goalkeeper, even though I think Sanchez, their uh, goalkeeper that's going to be stepping in for him, will be fine and good. Uh, strengths. Nothing too crazy. I think their biggest strength is a particular player, and that's Bisuma, the midfielder. He's great at progressing the ball and great defensively. If this team does well, most of the time it's also because Bisuma did well also. They're lucky he's still with them, although that can all change come winter. A lot of big clubs in the Premier League are coming after him, but he's the heart of this team, and if he does well, the rest of the team does well too. Weaknesses, a significant lack of an investment has made the squad very thin beyond the first team. Mape is still an unconvincing striker. Lamptey is a very good fullback, but he's a glass cannon. Hopefully he can stay healthy. Their left wing spot is a black hole. I seriously do not know who can uh, fill in there. The right wing is fine. Left wing, not so much. If they can reinvest their, their Ben White money correctly, this can partially be mended. Really don't see how this team can do too too hot key players i'll say basuma and waipu because I, I think that midfield pairing is going to be very good for this side position wise i it, 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 one of those teams that it's kind of hard to really say where they're going to be but given the lack of investment given the fact that they've always been kind of close to the drop i think this is it and i think especially if they lose basuma like i'm really predicting they will in the near future potentially this winter, I, I don't see how they're surviving. I have them as 19th. Wow, okay. okay. Jack, are you with me in the relegation spots, or are you I, having them somewhere else? I am not, because I think you you forgot arguably their best player, which is Leandro Trossard, who is really yeah, good, yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I honestly think he's really good. Malpe, you know, he's not the best, but he can score goals. And Lewis Dunk is a really big goal threat. I think he scored five goals last season, which is... Really impressive from defense. Uh, so I, I think that Brighton have a very solid squad. Like you said, they have money to reinvest, which I think they can do. Uh, all they really need to get up uh, to to get up here is, well, really uh, a, a center back and a striker. And I think they could easily do that. I, I, I honestly think that they'll survive. I have them in the third tier oh, at wow. the very bottom of that, though. Okay. I have them in 15th. 
I I I could easily put them like uh, into the bottom tier. It it's really close. I I think that they should still get a striker before this transfer window opens. If that happens, they're 100% fine. I I think their main concern is converting chances. And if they're able to do that, then then that's fine. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, that is Brighton. We're halfway through uh, our prediction, so let's move right along to our next club. Jack, who's it going to be? Is it going to be a top six club? Is it going to be a mid-table club? Who is it? We're finally going to the top of the table, probably, unless unless there's a major shock. We're going to Manchester, specifically the blue side of Manchester, Manchester okay. City. That's that's my team that I've covered here. So for background, these are the reigning champions of England, and they're going to do want to do whatever they can to repeat their feat from last season. But will they be able to do it? They started the season out on a sour note, losing out in the Community Shield to Leicester City. Will this season play out differently for them? I mean, you are you already know what I predicted, so you you know it's going to play <laughs> out differently in my mind. Uh, but transfers, there's only really one in to talk about, and it's Jack Grealish. I mean, the record signing in the Premier League at 100 million pounds. The attacker from Villa has a big role to fill, especially since he's gotten for City at least the legendary David Silva's number 10. Mm-hmm. Like he he is a he is a City legend. Of course, there are a few players of note who left, including Sergio Aguero, leading goal scorer uh, for for Manchester City, and Eric Garcia, who both left on free transfers to Barcelona. Jack Harrison also made his move to Leeds permanent, and there's still rumblings about Harry Kane coming in, but they're unlikely to start the season with Tottenham Starman on their roster. There's also rumors about Bernardo Silva leaving the club, but mm-hmm. nothing concrete on that front as of yet. There's plenty of key players in their squad. I mean, almost anyone is a key player for them. Ruben Diaz, John Stones, Ederson, that defensive trio is very important to how they play. Jack Grealish, I think, should be important for them. But the number one most important player that they have on their roster is 100% Benjamin Mendy. Yes. It's it's Kevin De Bruyne. It's Kevin De Bruyne. I couldn't keep up that joke for (laughs) you. It's Kevin De Bruyne. He dictates how City plays. And if he's off his game, they don't look the same. He'll need to get playing at his best if they want to win again and repeat their feet uh, for uh, tier right. I mean, strengths, depth. I mean, depth is the biggest strength they can like Chelsea. They could field two starting 11s that could challenge for the top four. Like the, it, it would be so easy for them to do it. And uh, that that really is huge when you're competing in so many competitions. And of course, their midfield and defense are big strengths for them. Kevin De Bruyne, Ilkay Gundogan, Phil Foden in midfield, uh, and and Fernandinho in midfield at times. Rodri, and then defense: Diaz, Stones, Walker, Cancelo, uh, and yeah, those are those are the big strengths. But they have one glaring weakness. And AJ, I think you probably know you you probably would highlight this in in your brief overview of this. It's striker. They they don't have exactly, an attacking yeah. threat that yep. can finish chances. And you saw they struggled with it because Gabriel Jesus, he is just not hitting right. And he cannot fill Aguero's shoes. Uh, and, you know, Gundogan came up big for them last season. But ultimately, they just don't have that elite striking talent. And I don't and I'm not sure if they're going to be able to get one in the in the rest of the transfer window. I haven't heard anything concrete besides Kane. And, you know, that that's the main reason why I still have them in tier one, obviously, in the top four. But I think they're 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 the only team that can really compete with Chelsea for the title. 
I think they have the squad depth, but without a center forward. I, I just worry about their consistency without that and about how much they can rely on Ilkay Gundogan to score goals without that center forward or Kevin De Bruyne playing as a false nine. Yes, they can still get one, but as of uh, August 11th, I don't think they can win the title for a second time in a row. Pep will have to settle for second place here Oof. in my book, but hey, at least he'll probably win the Carabao Cup. <laughs> oh, well, that, that's kind of uh, set in stone already, so yeah, you, you can put your money down on that. <laughs> I have always, for the past, I think, four seasons, always said, Bet on Manchester City until proven otherwise, and I'm keeping that up for a fourth season in a row. I have Manchester City on top. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jack. I, I do. Listen, they, they're missing a number nine, but they're still such, such a good squad. And I'm sure I'm sure Pep, he's a tactical genius. He can come up with some way to get to get goals somehow, some way. I I predict them first because a I can th- I think they can do it without Harry Kane. Uh, may I remind everyone the insane run of form they've had without Sergio Aguero and KDB in their squad last season. But if they do have Harry Kane, I think it, really it's over. I, I think it's over. Jack, quick question. If they had Harry Kane, does that change anything for you? Yeah, it does. I mean, yeah, that, then I'd predict them to win probably. OK, or at least or at least com- like compete a lot better with Chelsea. It would change my. It would change my uh, have how I would have to rationalize Chelsea winning the title, uh, because that's always set in stone. Come on, let's let's right. be real. Uh, <laughs> I I am glad I'm not a Chelsea fan because I cannot have that much Kool Aid running through my system. <laughs> because I, I think Harry Kane, if he joins City, is going to be a destructive force. And yeah, I, I, you're right. I, I I would predict them to win. I know yeah. it would hurt, but I would predict them to win. But regardless if he joins or not, I still have them first because I think that's how good they are. Manchester City is my champions of the English Premier League. Jack, who's going to be our next team that we're talking about? Maybe we're staying in the top four. Who knows? Well, we probably we might be because we're going to Liverpool uh, okay. for, for this one. And I've got them again. I like how you, I like how you said uh, <laughs> we might be. So I'm, I'm curious to see what you say. We might be. We'll see. Um, so after winning their first title in 30 years, two seasons ago, the Merseyside team had a pretty mediocre season that that's, that's kind of harsh given that they finished third, but they were hampered by injuries to key defensive players. And they're going to be hoping to have an even better campaign this time around for transfers. You know, they, they have one big transfer in, which is Ibrahimo Konate for 40 million solid center back from Leipzig. But he also isn't likely to be starting. I've seen a lot of Liverpool fans say that he's fourth on their center back depth chart behind Joel Matip, Joe Gomez, and of course, Virgil van Dijk. So I, I think that he's mostly a depth player, which they desperately needed as of last season. They do have two notable outs, though. Jorginho Wijnaldum leaving for free on a free for PSG. And Harry Wilson, who is a young attacking midfielder who has left for Fulham which I think the club is really going to regret because their key weakness in my book is their lack of creativity from midfield, which I'll get to later. Uh, I mean, I I'll actually before key players, why don't I go, just go over strengths and weaknesses, weakness, lack of creativity from midfield. That was the main weakness last time around. They relied a lot on Salah to make things happen. Tiago didn't pop off like everyone thought he would. Lots of thumbs up, though. Uh, that, that That's that's what he contributed. Uh, but. Yeah, I, I think that that's that's the big thing. And also lack of depth at fullback. 
now. They, they've fixed the depth right. in center back, but fullback <laughs> does not have the depth either. They're relying on someone who hasn't played in the Premier League to start the season off with, their, with them in Koslas Simikas, who was okay in the Greek Super League, he was, but not fantastic. So, I, I mean, we'll see what happens with them. Uh, and they don't really have cover at right back, and Trent has had some injury concerns over the past season, over the summer. And, you know, their midfield is also looking a little thin. It should be fine in the midfield, though. They have James Milner. Strength, of course, the front line. I, I mean, Salah, Mane, Firmino, or Jota. Like, I mean, that's a solid front line. That, that, that just changes games by itself. And, and also goalkeeper, of course. Allison is incredible, even though he had a rough season last time around. Scored a goal, though. He did score a goal, a very <laughs> important goal for them. Uh, but key players for Liverpool, Salah, of course, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, uh, Robertson, Virgil van Dijk. That sums it up for the most part. I, I think like you could throw in Allison as well, of course. You could throw in almost anyone because they have a really good system that's drilled very well. Uh, but if their main, their main source of goals is Salah and Mane, that's their main source of goals. And they're both going to be out for AFCON in, yep. in January. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, I, I I put them in top four. I put them in the first tier. They they still have a lot of injury concerns, honestly, and will be rely and will be really struggling. I should say when Afcon comes around. Like I said, they'll lose four players for Afcon. Wow, three of them are starters. Uh, you know they're losing the likes of Matip, Salah, Mane, Nabi Keita. That that's the one that that isn't as big of a loss <laughs> for them, but still, three potential starters are out for them. I think their injury management hasn't gotten better. And with Robertson out of the start and Trent and Virgil still coming back to fitness, I think they'll struggle at the start and their depth isn't really on the same level as Chelsea city or even United. Like if, if they lose center backs or center or center midfielders and, you know, or winners who, who fills in for them, there's just too many what ifs for them to win another title. I think 19 to 20 was a very special set of circumstances for them. I think they're getting fourth this time around. That that's that's my prediction. Nice, nice. Well, I have them just one spot below in fifth place. Wow. I, okay. I, Not even top four. Yeah. Well, I I I think they have a great squad. Obviously, uh, they're Liverpool. I'm not convinced about that midfield. Like you said, Afcon will hit this team very hard, as you mentioned. I really need to see more from Firmino, Mane, and even Diego Jota. Uh, this season I, I think they have the potential to really step it up for this team and I think that Liverpool success all hinges on how those three play because Salah and the back line and Allison, you know that for the most part they're going to be pretty good but it's the supporting cast that needs to step it up if Liverpool wants to contend for a title I just don't see that happening and I, I see a, a lot of things I can't really name off the bat going wrong injuries and I think that's going to take them out of the top four into fifth place. Might be a hot take, but that's where I see it. Europa League for them next season. Jack, I, I have not talked for a while. I'm looking at the list of clubs left. A lot of them are the clubs that I'm covering. So, you know. Yeah. Well. All right, Jack, don't read that out right now because I have a mid-roll ad to read out. This episode is brought to you by us. That's right. If you guys enjoy the show, and let's face it, if you're listening to this right now, you've made it here, so obviously you do, please, please, please give us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. You guys have no idea how much that helps people find the show, 
and helps us really garner the interest, garner what people think about the show. It helps so much. Uh, so right now I'm going to read out a review that we got left behind from VanMath, a five-star review. He says, A+. Love what these guys do. Some great takes with a couple of dudes who are just passionate about soccer, which is, I think, the best way we could describe this podcast. VanMath, I don't know where you were when we we're trying to come up with a description for this show. Thank you so much. And thank you to anyone who leaves it out a review for us. If you want to be read out on the show, if you want a free shout out, go ahead give us a review and we'll read out any five star ratings and reviews that we get. All right, back to the show. You get to talk again, finally. Yeah. Uh, and it's with your favorite team in the world, Manchester United. Ah, uh, yes. Manchester United is such an interesting team to look at in the moves that they've made in this past offseason. I think this is going to be a very big year for them. Last year, they also had a pretty big year. They're runners up. Still 12 points behind City, so they're looking to close the gap between them and City and potentially Chelsea. They did lose the Europa League final to Villarreal on penalties. Sucks for them. Only some teams can beat Villarreal on penalties. <laughs> all right. All right. All right, Mr. Chelsea. Okay. Okay. Uh, but we're talking about Manchester United. We're not talking about Chelsea. We already did that. Transfer window in Jaden Sancho for the then Premier League record fee. A great technical winger from Dortmund. It's going to elevate their attack so, so much. Rafael Varane from Real Madrid is their other addition. Provides serious center back upgrading over Victor Lindelof. Uh, that's, the bar is on, on the floor there, but whatever. <laughs> Varane and Maguire are one of, if not the strongest center back pairings in the Prem. Most of that's on Varane. Maguire is not bad, obviously, but that's a very scary center back pairing. And transfers out, nobody important. No offense to all of the people that were let go by them, but uh, n nothing that really moves the needle for them. The strengths, the defense, Shaw, Maguire, Varane, Juan Bissaka. That's a pretty decent back line. And if they get, who do they want? K uh, Tierney, not Trippier. Tri they, want, they want Trippier. As right back, that's even yeah, it's even better like this is a back line i can't believe we're saying that about sean mcguire but they've really stepped it up uh recently and i think that they're gonna have a big year the attack also is a strength the front four of sancho fernandez and rashford with cavani up top is very very scary the creativity from the attacking midfielders on either side of the field is off the charts they're building stuff off each other uh they're, they're going to be uh creating stuff and converting those chances, I think that's going to be happening in no time. Their weaknesses is the midfield. If Pogba stays, what happens with Van de Beek? Right, right? Is he still frozen out? I don't know. With no defensive midfielder upgrade in sight, is McTominay and Fred, uh, do they cut it? No, probably not. This team's weakest link is in the midfield, and it'll fall apart if McTominay or Fred or whoever is there gets exploited pogba needs that 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 good partner this team needs that good midfielder and it's just not happening there key players sancho fernandez luke sean pogba my position for this team however it, it is pretty good i know i harped on them a little bit i see them in the top four but because of chelsea's rise to prominence it's going to be a real slugfest between those two teams chelsea and manchester united i have them Probably just barely under Chelsea in third place. I, I, I think they're a good squad. I think they'll do great things, but that's just where I have them. Jack, where do you have 
the Red Devils. Well, we have our second agreement of the preview. Yeah. I have United in third place. Like you said, their biggest weakness is, is the midfield. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen because McFred doesn't work. It, it just <laughs> doesn't work. And I've also heard that Manchester United have cooled their interest in Trippier because of Diogo Dallo, who AC Milan didn't renew a loan for, didn't try and buy. So he's kind of stuck there, and they have just another right back already. So I, I think that they might just keep him around this time around. And, you know, that's not too bad because he was really good for AC Milan. So fair enough. I, I, I think that's decent enough for them. Uh, and yeah, they, they have a deep squad. Uh, the midfield, you know, they have a very solid midfield cover. Uh, and their attack, their attack is just really good. That That's the main thing. Mm-hmm. The one question I have for them, really, is how they're going to deal with the injury to Marcus Rashford and also Jaden Sancho, who's nursing a little bit of uh, of uh, of a knock, it, it looks like, according to the most recent squad report. Marcus Rashford apparently is out until October with a shoulder injury, apparently. So that, that could be really bad for them. But... I think it, I think if they can cope fine without him, I think they can. Honestly, they have they have solid talents, uh, and they they should be okay in the end. Third place, first tier, I think United will be just fine. Yeah, and th- they do have talent to cover for those injuries. I could look at Greenwood, Martial, Jesse Lingard, who is still there. So they they have some talent to at least patch up the holes before they come back. Jack, who is the next club we're talking about? Chances are I'm going to be talking again, so who is it? And you are right. You get to talk about the best team in Merseyside, Everton. Yay. Honestly, <laughs> if I'm being honest, uh, reviewing Everton was kind of depressing. Like, I'm, if, if not, not even capping. It, it was a pretty sad ride. Like, I, I went from Newcastle to Everton. It was, oh, no. it, it was just, it was a sad uh, couple of minutes that I was doing research on. Uh, Rafa Benitez comes in for uh Everton their new head coach they did okay last season 10th place after starting off really strongly they were in first place for a couple of game weeks there they faltered towards the end and missed out on Europe transfer window out you can go look up Bernard Theo Walcott Ganek Balassi Mohamed Besic pretty good for clearing wages if I'm being honest I don't think none of any of those players really move the needle in terms of them leaving so you know good for them Transfers in, however, uh, you can look at forwards, Damari Gray from Bayer Leverkusen and Andres Townsend from Crystal Palace. You know, good players. Also, not exactly needle moving in the way that you really want to, you know, be moving the needle if you were are going for those European spots. Uh, the strengths of his team. I would say Rafa Benitez. I know Everton fans are going to be chastising me because, you know, he did coach for Liverpool, their biggest rival, and there's a little bit of animosity there. But he is a very good coach. He's demonstrated the ability to win, even if it wasn't exactly at Chelsea. Even with a small side like Newcastle, he can get those results, and I think that translates well to Everton. Not calling them small Everton fans, I'm sorry. And they have a a pretty decent squad. I'll be getting into that in a little bit. But the weaknesses, there is a good amount. Their budget is reduced due to FFP limitations. The future of some of the best players on the, in this club, Richarlison, Moise Keane, James Rodriguez, uh, Gilfie Sigurdsson, for uh, less great reasons for Sigurdsson, uh, they're all unknown. 
They have a new head coach who, the second he starts losing, is going to get torn apart by fans. Dominic Calvert-Lewin also still has not had any significant upgrades for the people around him and to get him service. The key players, however, and the, the, the reason why they will do well if they do, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison, Lucas Digne, Moise Keane, if he stays, like these are the players that you want to build your squad around. But if there's no main uh, reinforcement, and if you lose some of these players, it becomes really hard to create stuff when Richarlison and Dominic Calvert-Lewin are, you know, pulling the weight of the entire squad. And so I have them kind of in the same place as before. Uh, ninth, I, I think that I think they'll do okay, but you know, I think Rafa Mitas will will take him there. But I don't think he'll really finish the job. I think they stay uh, barely European candidates, but for all all but name mid table club. Jack, Everton, are you higher, lower? The the way you're reacting says to me that you think they're a lot lower, perhaps. You were very kind to Everton, in my opinion. I think Everton, like you said, is depressing just in general. I think for the players there as well, you know, uh, James Rodriguez spoke out about Ancelotti leaving. Like he was the reason he came to the club and now he's gone. And so he's just stuck in a terrible club, really, in a really rainy part of England. Let's be fair. All parts of England are rainy, though. Yeah. Uh, But yeah. And plus, a lot of their acquisitions just did not click last season. Alan was terrible for them uh, last season. He was not good at all. Decore, always injured for them. Uh, you know, their midfield is just bad. That, that's, the, that's the main issue I see with them. They don't have a good midfield. Uh, their defense is okay, but not fantastic beyond Digne, really. And, of course, their goalkeeper... Uh, it depends. If Pickford has his hair slicked back, he's going to be good. If he doesn't, <laughs> then it's awful. Uh, but, you know, honestly, I don't see a lot of bright spots with Everton this season. Dominic Calvert-Lewin also started to go cold at towards the end of the season. That's true. And Richarlison had a good Olympics, but is also not that consistent for Everton. I just don't see a lot of reasons to be excited about Everton. And I put them in 11th, so in the third tier. All so. Right. So, a few places lower. Yeah, to be fair, not that far off from me. So so yeah, other I, than like the tier change, that's just two spots. I just like, don't think they're fair. going to get a sniff of Europe at all. I that's okay. that's my that's my thinking. All right. But well let's yeah, let's see where we're heading to next. Hopefully yeah. something somewhere less depressing. We'll see. Um oh, please don't be Arsenal then. <laughs> <laughs> it was close. It okay. is an A club, but it is Aston Villa Aston this time Villa. around. Well, so I'm going to talk for a little bit. Go ahead. Again. So Aston Villa, I don't like them, but we're going to talk about them anyway. They had an impressive season last time around after barely surviving uh, in the 1920 season. And despite losing their talisman in Jack Grealish, they will hope that their new signings make up for it. But will it be enough to make a European push? Last season, they finished 11th after pushing for Europe a lot of the season. Transfers in. They've made five major acquisitions this season. Whoa. All of them are very good, actually. Uh, Four of them are at, are really good. Emmy Buendia comes in from Norwich. Good. Leon Bailey from Leverkusen. Good. Danny Ings from Southampton. Good. Axel Twanzebe on loan from Manchester United. Good. And Ashley Young from Inter Milan, who is 36. Great. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> really the best one of the bunch. Uh, so... All of them are uh, all of them are coming into the club. Those are great signings. Andy Ashley Young, of course. Uh, <laughs> of course, they've lost Jack Grealish to Manchester City and Tom Heaton 
to Manchester United. Eh. I don't think they'll care too much about Tom Heaton. They'll care a lot about Jack Grealish, though. But overall, it's not a bad transfer window for them because they've invested the money pretty smartly that they got from Grealish. Key players, I think Danny Ings is actually a really crucial player for them because he is a very proven Premier League goal scorer and a great strike partner potentially for Ollie Watkins. I think they're going to play like a 4-4-2 or something, you know, so they could fit uh, Bailey, Ings, uh, why can't I think of his name? Buendia and Watkins all together. That is a, that is a good front line. It Maybe is. not the best in the league, but very, very good. And of course, I, I have to mention Emmy Martinez. That's their true key player. He was incredible last season and this summer at the Copa America, psyching out players before penalty shootouts, making key saves. He can be massive for Villa this season and will be part of any European push they might make. Uh, strengths? I think that attack is a big strength. They have some fantastic attackers in their in their squad and can really rotate a lot of the squad. I, I didn't even mention Anwar Al-Ghazi, who was pretty good for them last season. And, you know, they I, I think that this is a good enough squad. They've got solid midfielders. John McGinn uh, in there. He he can score some goals, but he's also really good at breaking up play. And they their their back line really good as well. Tyrone Minks is there. Matty Cash and uh I think it's Matt Target as well. Yep. Uh, I, I, could, I think they're both named Matt. Uh, I couldn't quite remember, <laughs> but you know they're they're both really decent fullbacks that made the tra- jump from Championship to Premier League really well. And if I had to put on a weakness, it's coping without Grealish because they relied a lot on Grealish to make things happen. And without that, it's going to be a challenge to adapt. Without a doubt, uh, I also think you know solidifying like a partner for Mings is a bit of an issue. Kansa was okay in there, but they haven't really, they don't really have a solidified partner for him overall though. I put them in tier two in the hunt for Europe. I think Aston Villa, despite losing Jack Grealish have been ambitious in the transfer market and have made really, really good signings. Yes. Grealish provided a lot, but I feel like these players have more than enough firepower to get things done this season. I think they will be hunting for Europe all season long. And ultimately I think seventh or eighth is where they're headed on the very verge of it. And if I had to make a choice, I think that they'll just get seventh and make conference league just ahead of another team. I'm not going to say who yet, but I I think that they're going to get seventh just barely. Jack. Yeah. That is our third agreement. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. I am also very bullish on Aston Villa. Uh, Perhaps it, it, it's to our own detriment, the both of us. <laughs> but you know those Grealish bucks, bro. Those Grealish bucks that Grealish they got, bucks. It, it they reinvested that, and I'm pretty excited. I, Grealish was a huge talent, and losing him is going to be tough because no matter who you replace him with, there is no guarantee that you can replace his output. I, I've mentioned that before. I think they might struggle for the first couple of games before you know they really find their stride, but. Those reinvestments, there's those transfers in really make me confident that Aston Villa can at least try to make uh, Europe in some capacity. I have one quick question for you, Jack, about yeah. this. Obviously, they brought in a lot of different players. Which one of their new newcomers do you think is going to have the most successful season? I want Ings to do well personally because he's on my FPL team. <laughs> Who do you think? Emi Buendia, I think. Okay. Uh, he was in the Premier League before with Norwich. He had a great season in the championship. He's just so good. Uh, uh, like it, it, and I think that Aston Villa can take his game to the next level. I, I really think so. I think he could be their next Jack Grealish, really, in, that wow. terms, of, in terms of talent, uh, his dribbling, 
his finishing, assisting, I, I think he really could do, he could fill the, the Grealish-sized hole in Aston Villa's midfield. Awesome, awesome. I, I am also very high on him. I may or may not also have him in my FPL team, in like my own like personal pick-a-team version of FPL. So, I don't know. L- looking forward to that. Looking forward to the next club. It's almost guaranteed to be me, unless it's, I believe, Burnley's only one that you have left. I think that I have Burnley and Wolves left. Okay, uh, okay. But you do, it is your turn, and you get to talk about Brentford. Brentford. This is, I had a lot of fun uh, researching about Brentford, because they are such an interesting club. Uh, Moneyball. Just a, just a quick background on them as a club. They are a Moneyball team. They don't have an academy. They just rely on a B team that they have like, you know, 17 to 23 year olds. They loan out a lot of players, especially to uh, AFC Wimbledon, just down the road of them. Uh, and they really look for some some, you know, diamonds in the rough to you know develop and turn into really good players. And I think this is the first time that they've ever been in the top flight or at least definitely in the Premier League. They last season finished third in the EFL championship and got promoted via the playoffs, beating Swansea City 2-0 in the finals. Is that correct, Jack? 2-0? Yep, 2-0 in the finals. All right. Brentford, it's very interesting. Uh, they brought in some good players in the in their transfer window. Center back Christopher Azure from uh, Celtic. And these come to Brentford for a club record fee of 12 million pounds. And Frank Onika, a Nigerian midfielder from FC Midland. Their strengths, I think. Brentford have this weirdly strong team for a, a newly promoted side. And it's there, there's not necessarily any particular stars that really latch like grab you when you look at the team list. But their roster construction has always been pretty good, getting high value players for uh, a lower value than they're worth. And head coach, I, I, I think that this is their big strength. Head coach Thomas Frank very well may have the tactical flexibility to adapt to the Premier League. Brentford are known for switching between different tactical setups, being very tactically fluid, which can serve them well, especially if their first few weeks uh, don't go too well. And their first game is against Arsenal literally on Friday. So we'll see how that goes. Their weaknesses, however, and part of this is a strength. They have a very good striker in Ivan Tony. He scored 31 of the 79 goals that they scored in the championship. That's a very good chunk. The next highest goal scorer scored only seven. If he can't adapt to the Premier League, Brentford will need to find answers to questions that they haven't even asked yet. Yes, he's a good striker. Yes, you should add him to your FPL team if you need a cheap option. But no, it's not going to end well if that over-reliance turns sour. Their key players, I'll say Ivan Toney, David Raya, their goalkeeper, Christian Norgard, their six, and uh, winger Brian Mbembo. Mbembo? Mbembo. Oh, I... Yes. Thank you, Jack. Brentford are a fun team. I have them. See, here's the thing. I, I wanted to make sure that realistically I was I, I was as close as possible trying to reduce like my standard deviation at the end of the year. So even though I, I very high on Brentford, I still have them at 17th because I, I ne- I've never okay. seen them before. I need to see more of them. I think they, they have a good chance of surviving. But until I see them really succeed in the Premier League, I could still see them going down. Jack, where do you have Brentford? I'm a lot high. I, I think I'm a lot higher on Brentford than you are. And the reason why I'm pretty high, I, though, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, I mean, even higher, though, because I have them in 14th, actually. Well, that is 
crazy and i'm yeah. so glad you said that third tier uh i watched a lot of, i i watched quite a bit of championship and they were very solid in the championship and i have a feeling they're going to be not quite the same level of, as leads but very similar in that they have a style that they play really well and you know i i think if they can do that they can shock some teams who haven't seen them yet because remember this is a team that premier league teams have never seen before really except for cup ties so they're looking at a brand new opponent and you know a lot of unknown stuff that that can really harm teams without actually playing against them so i think that they could shock a lot of teams and i i think that they can do enough not just to barely stay up but stay up pretty high in the in the table overall like 14th i i really think they can shock people i also think ivan tony or ivan tony i've heard it pronounced both ways He's a fantastic striker, and I, I think, yes, he played in the championship, but I think he can adapt to the Premier League because he seems to have that player profile of getting in behind the center backs right at the end and muscle, out-muscling the center backs and just latching onto a cross. I think he can do it. Uh, I might be a little bit too high on them, and it could burn me in Maybe. the end, but I'll go for it. You know, Brentford. 14th that's probably that might be my hottest take besides the crystal palace one i i think a lot of people are going to agree with you i i, I just try to be a little bit more conservative on on promoted sides but you know what we're, we're five teams in or five teams left i should say mm -hmm. uh maybe we get some more hot takes out of you who is the next club we get to go to, to the south coast once again southampton ah yes southampton one of my teams that i'm covering Another kind of hard team to really predict. Head coach is Hazen Hoodle coming back once more. How they did last season, 15th place. Uh, not too bad. They're they pretty clear relegation, but you know, still a, a middling side as of late. In terms of the transfer window, in midfielder Theo Walcott from Everton, defender Tino Livramento from Chelsea. Is that how you pronounce it? Yep, Tino Livramento, yeah. Uh, just confirmed today, forward Adam Armstrong from Blackburn. A huge get for them. Out, Danny Ings to Villa, out of nowhere. And rumored, but I'm really hoping that he stays, JWP, Ward Prowse. Really, really hope that he stays, because he is, uh, spoiler alert, their key player. Strengths? Number one, I think, is Hazen Hoodle. I, th I think he's a very good head coach. I, I think that... I think 15th isn't really indicative of what he can do with the squad of players. I don't think it's indicative of him as a coach. I think that if they can get, uh, you know, the, the likes of Armstrong and Walcott firing, they might rise a little bit. Their stock might rise and Southampton might succeed. They also have a strong core of players in James Ward-Prowse, Benderak, Vestergaard, Che Adams, sprinkled in with some great new talent like Armstrong and Walcott. The weakness is, is the defensive woes just got them last year and it got them bad. Not just the 9-0 destruction at the hands of Manchester United, but their defense continuously let them down. And their biggest weakness, I think, right now is McCarthy and Forster, their two goalkeepers. They're competing for the first spot, which gives you like, man, wow, there's two really good goalkeepers. They're competing for the spots. No, there's competing to see which one's worse. <laughs> Literally, like McCarthy and Forster are at this point in their careers backup level goalkeepers i'm so sorry i had them in my uh fantasy Premier league last year they just were not great and ings is gone and hopefully they can replace that 
uh, output. Key players, James Ward-Prowse, creator, heartbeat, goal threat, and a great leader. I, I think that their success hinges on him. I've said that about a lot of teams and a lot of players, but especially so for Southampton and James Ward-Prowse. My positioning for them, uh, like I said, it was a bit hard to really say, but I had them upgrade just a, a tad bit because I, I think that even without Ings, I think they'll still do well. I have them uh, squarely in the mid-table, 12th place. Jack, am I too high on Southampton? Or for some reason, do you have them higher? Uh, I feel bad about this one because I made it before Adam Armstrong signed. Oh, no. I have them in 19th place. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. I, it's a big discrepancy. And honestly, That's our biggest. Adam Armstrong doesn't give me confidence to go from the championship to the Premier League because he's played in the Premier League before and he was kind of underwhelming. He was a lot younger, but still, I, I, he just, he, he's not like the sort of like buff center forward that can outmuscle defenses or like, and he's not particularly fast. I don't know. Yeah, I just, he just doesn't give me confidence and it hurts because I, I, I also think just Danny Ings being being out is going to really really hurt them danny ings was so crucial for them and he's why they were challenging so much farther up you you might remember towards the end of last season they were on a terrible terrible run of form like i mean like they they uh they they won a few games at the end but just just a massive streak of losses over and over again and i i also think james ward prowse is out injured with a knee injury at the beginning oh, of the right. season, Dang. <laughs> which is really going to hurt them uh, because like you said, he's a key player for them. And I don't think they have They have a lot of midfielders, but I don't think they have the midfield depth to replace someone like James Ward Prowse without him. Their midfield is way worse. And without Danny Ings, their forward line is a lot worse. I, I just, and like you said, their goalkeeping situation is awful. I, I, it just doesn't give me confidence in the slightest. And you know, I I feel like this might be a bit too harsh on them because I do like Southampton as a team, but I just don't get confidence from them at all. I, oh, God. <laughs> uh, I, I feel really bad about it, but I, I have to put Southampton kind of low on, on wow. it because I'm just That's not, not just low. That's relegation. It is. It is. I, I feel like I probably could have put a ton of other teams there, but it was just kind of, you know, I, I, I just felt it coming. I, I just felt it coming for wow. them. Well. Now I'm kind of feeling bad about putting some so high. How about we split the difference and we both say uh, 15th or 16th? Yeah, they'll probably stay up in all honesty. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I honestly just, I, I, a lot of it is I had to fill a spot in the relegation tier. And I didn't think, I, I, I didn't know who to put. And who knows? Okay. It's so unpredictable that anything could happen. But are we going to go somewhere less depressing, maybe? Uh, the see. wheel says probably not because we're oh, talking no. about Arsenal. Ah, uh, yes. Arsenal, Arsenal, Arsenal. Reed, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I'm about to go in. <laughs> Mikel Arteta has been doing. I don't even know. Like, what is the report card for Mikel Arteta? I would say like C? It, 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 it's like a C or a B, but the teacher wrote uh, meet me after class <laughs> on the on the test. Like, that's how it's going. Uh, they got eighth last season, which is terrible. The first time their, that worst, their worst finish, I think. Yeah, exactly. While. First time that they've missed out on Europe since however when. Not even Conference League. Didn't even get that. The transfer window, and this is why it's like kind of hard to predict. 
because they've had a, a whirlwind season last year and the transfers in the main purchase of note was former Brighton center back Ben White for 50 million. Yes, with an M. Well, I guess there's nothing else that would be an alien <laughs> that's lower than that. But 50 million pounds to replace an outgoing David Luiz. A very expensive transfer. One might say that 50 million could have gone to strengthening another area of the pitch. Uh, pretty much every other area of the pitch. I mean, center back, they obviously need an upgrade. But wow, like... Varon went for 50 million, I think. It's like, I, I don't know what's going 40 on. 40 million, but, actually. Oh, gosh. I, Arsenal, I don't know what to say. The other addition would be Albert Sambi Lukanga from Anderlecht, a young Belgian midfielder. Exits David Luiz, uh, Guendouzi. Is that how you pronounce it? I never know. Yeah, Matteo Guendouzi. Yeah. Okay. You got it. Uh, William Saliba. Like, th- th- those last two were loans. So, whatever, whatever. Uh, strengths, I would say Arsenal are getting younger. I think that they have a lot of great young players that will surely develop this season particularly, and uh, I think they could add on to this team. Look at Saka, uh, Balogun, Martinelli, Lukanga, Smith-Rowe. They'll bring the energy and youth that Arsenal need. The, those are very good uh, under-23, under-24 players. Weaknesses, however, Arsenal, for a variety of reasons, couldn't really do a complete rebuild like they wanted. A lot of that is due to COVID and uh, financial mismanagement on their part. Look at Xhaka, Bellerin, Lacazette, Obama Yang, Obummer Yang, I guess you could call him. All of them are old. All uh, all of them uh, have something to prove. Xhaka and Bellerin in particular, I I feel like a lot of Arsenal fans and the Arsenal front office would want to move on from. They have largely the same cast of players as last season. The onus is on Arteta to capitalize on any preseason momentum that they can muster. Going off that, they couldn't really secure uh, the, a creative midfielder like Martin Odegaard. They couldn't uh, make his loan uh, permanent. That's something to look out for as the transfer window closes if they get a midfielder of his caliber. And uh, it's just if Obummer Yang can't really bag in goals, can't really do things... I really fail to see how Arsenal can get back into not just Champions League, but even Europa League. Key players, uh, Partey, Partey, uh, surely not a party if he's doing badly. Uh, Smith Rowe, their new number 10, and Aubameyang. I can name off a ton of other ones, but those are the three that I want to mention. Position, uh, Arsenal, I'm so sorry. Uh, I think I had them an eighth. Let me check. Yes, I do. Uh, in the same place. I don't know. I'm not really high on them. I can't really say more than I already have. So, Jack, Arsenal, where are they for you? Well, we agree once again. I have them in eighth as well. That's the team that I said was going to lose out to Aston Villa on here. Like you said, they haven't strengthened in the right areas. They still need a goalkeeper because Burned Leno, he can be good, but hasn't been convincing. And they don't have a good backup goalkeeper either. So even if they were going to keep Leno, they don't have a good backup. Their right back situation is awful. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> Bellerin, I, I talked to Reed and he says that he is the wor- that that is the worst player at the club. <laughs> Bellerin is the worst uh, attacking midfield. Emil Smith Rowe is there, but who's covering for him? Right. Like he can't play every single game. Otherwise, he'll be like the next Pedri and, uh, you know, he'll just die from all of the from that's exaggerating. He'll he'll be very he'll be very tired uh, and also center forward. Like you said, their uh, their center forward options are getting old. Plus, they might be losing Joe Willick, uh, who wouldn't wasn't going to play for them, really. But still, he could have been a good option for them. Plus, they've got injuries to key players as well. 
Gabrielle is injured at the beginning of the season. Thomas Partey, who you said is a key player, injured as well. He got a sprained ankle mm-hmm. in preseason. And speaking about preseason, they didn't win a single game in preseason. Hey, it's preseason. It's preseason. What can you? It's, what can you? It's preseason. Yeah, but they played against Hibernian Rangers, Chelsea, Tottenham. They scored. They scored four goals in that. And and you know, it. it they just don't convince me. They, they don't. I, I have them in eighth, which is probably kind to Arsenal, if, if anything. They have not strengthened in the right areas. They overspent on Ben White. They, sh- they could have gotten any other discount center back. I, 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 I think they're going to miss out on Europe again, and Arteta should go. He's, I don't think he's good enough. I, I, I think, like uh, Chelsea learned with Lampard, former players, yes, there's nostalgia around them coming back to the club and doing okay. Yes, Arteta won a trophy, but it, it's not really worth it. I feel like I feel I feel like keeping him around isn't really what this club needs. They need a manager who has experience, you know, not just setting up cones for Pep Guardiola at Manchester City. <laughs> so, ouch. We but we've talked about Arsenal enough, right? More I, than I think enough. More than enough. Uh, but let's go to somewhere less depressing. As I look at the wheel, that is fun, and it's not because we're going to Burnley. So, oh. and that's me. I get to talk about Burnley. How exciting. Uh, Dyshball returns to turf more as yeah. Sean Dyche will attempt to keep the Clarets in the Prem on a shoestring budget for what feels like the 20th time. It feels like a reality TV show, honestly. Can he do it or will he finally be relegated? Last season, they finished 17th on the very verge of it. Six points off, say, off relegation. Transfers. They got backup goalkeeper Wayne Hennessy on a free Let's transfer go. from Crystal Palace. And they had a big, big transfer in Nathan Collins, who Let's is well known go. for being a center back at Stoke City. Come on. Ugh. Yeah, everyone loves Stoke. Uh, I, I would love to live there. That's a lie. Um, meanwhile, they only lost one player in Jimmy Dunn, a center back who went to QPR. He only played eight times for them in four years, so not a huge loss. Some good money coming into the club. Unfortunate that no one ever spends it. Uh, so there's pretty much no change, as usual, at Turf Moor. Of course, that's not out of the ordinary, and their squad is still really good. Uh, key players, Nick Pope. I mean, come on. Uh, you, you can't talk if you t- if you said name a Burnley player, the first player that 75 percent of the population would come up with is Nick Pope, followed closely by who? Uh, and, uh, you know, he's absolutely massive for Burnley. And it's a big ri- reason why they stayed in the Premier League for so long. Attackers Dwight McNeil and Chris Wood are really good for goal scoring. Dwight McNeil had nine goal involvements. He's pretty young. Pretty good winner. Chris Wood was really good in the Olympics as well, actually. He scored New Zealand's goal that actually got them into the round of 16. So, or Sorry, quarterfinals. They don't mm-hmm. break through a round of 16. Uh, and finally, I, I can't mention, I can't not mention the defensive duo of Ben Mee and James Tarkowski, who really hold it down for Burnley. Uh, strengths. Defensive solidity. Uh, they put everyone behind the ball except for Chris Wood, and it usually <laughs> turns out relatively well for them. Uh, so I, I think that's like their biggest strength. They can be really solid defensively. And, you know, uh, Sean Dyche is not a bad coach. He's a boring coach. Yes. Uh, <laughs> not as a person. He's actually really entertaining to watch in interviews. I'm not sure if you've yes, ever watched yes. his interviews, but <laughs> he's really entertaining there on the field. Not so much. But I, I think like, you know, he, he does good enough given what he's given. You know, there. Uh, Mike Garlic does not want to give anything to this club. I swear. Garlic. He, wait, his name yeah. is wait. 
I'm I'm pretty sure I could have that wrong. J G A R L I C K. I think think that's what it is. Uh, I'll look it but, up. Go ahead. Yeah, but uh, weaknesses attack. I'm not sure how much they have beyond Chris Wood and maybe Ashley Barnes. Yeah, that that's that that's the issue for them. The the attack. I'm not sure who really creates goals besides Dwight McNeil and Chris Wood. Tier ranking for them. I have him in a relegation scrap. Tier four. Poor Sean Dice. He never gets any money. He'd probably ask the board for a pen, and they'd say it's too much of a financial risk at this time for him to spend on a pen, you know. Uh, and that being said, though, despite everything that happens, every bad thing that happens at Burnley, he always seems to find a way to make it work, which is commendable. I don't think they're going to go down, but I think they'll be right on the cusp in 17th once again. I think Burnley are going to prepare for another relegation scrap. I think it'll be close, but I think they'll make it through. Jack, I have four words for you. Mm-hmm. Four, four, effing two. The God <laughs> formation. Dice ball. Are you kidding me? They're gonna they're gonna win the league. We, no. Uh, is that who no. you have in the top four? Because you yeah. put Liverpool in you put Liverpool in fifth, so that no, must be. No, it. no, not at all. Uh, I also checked their their owners or their chairman. Mike Garlic was out as of next last year. Oh, it's Alan Pace Pache as uh their new uh, uh he still chairman. doesn't spend anything so yeah it's very same. very true uh sean dyche who is uh dyche is a, a college football coach in in the body of an of an english football manager like <laughs> like no joke no joke uh he's great uh the the club is not in a great spot right now the, the lack of investment is not not great at all i just do not see how you know, after initial success in the Premier League, I don't see how years, and I mean years, of stagnation, very little investment, and tactics that have been figured out by better teams <laughs> can keep them, you know, safe from a relegation scrap. I think they're going to be right down in there. I don't have them being relegated. I have them just one spot above you in 16th place, rounding out my relegation spots, actually, so... Uh, Absolute Sean Dyche is too much of a mastermind. Yes, to yes. go down. He really is. Let's see. Well, yeah, let's see who. Which one of us is talking first or second to last and last? Yeah, we got two teams left. I guess. Yeah, and it's gonna be me with an equally exciting team that plays a very attacking style and not defensive at all. Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yay! New coach. Yay. New coach. Yeah, new coach. You're right. It is a new era for Wolves. Nuno is out, Raul Jimenez is back, and they're still probably going to be mediocre. They had a bad season last time around, finishing in 13th. They're, be, they're going to be looking to do a lot better this time around. They have Bruno Lodge, Lodge at the wheel. Lage, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's a Portuguese name, that's all I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, last season, 13th place. Not bad considering they lost Raul Jimenez. Transfers in and out. The big new in is their manager, Bruno Lage. I'm going to just say Lage, whatever. <laughs> uh, formerly of Benfica, who was sacked in 2020 after putting together, wait for it, the worst run of form in the club's history. And Benfica have a long history. Only two wins in 14 games he got. That is not good for Benfica in the Portuguese league. But, you know, he's Portuguese, and we know Wolves have a type. So, speaking of Portuguese <laughs> player, they added two more. Jose Sa comes in to replace Rui Patricio, who went to Roma because he really wanted to play with Mourinho. And Trincao comes to Wolves from Barcelona. 
They also made the loan of Ryan Eitnuri permanent, which is not a bad deal at all. I, I think ultimately, like, this is a pretty this is a pretty good transfer window by Wolves. Uh, key players, Raul Jimenez. Absolutely crucial for the for the club. Given that Wolves are likely to sell Rafa Mir and are loaning out Patrick Crutrione, Jimenez needs to hit good form because without him, Wolves are just okay rather than great. And we saw it in full force last season. Hopefully he comes back from his injury stronger, but only time will tell with that. Ruben Neves and Jao Moutinho in midfield are also crucial to how Wolves play and will need to be alert as without Nuno, it's unlikely that Wolves will play as conservatively as usual. Bruno Lage played a pretty attacking form uh, of football in Benfica. Strengths and weaknesses, strengths, Jimenez and Adama Traore. That, that's a strength in and of itself. Pacey options up front, a proven finisher who can score goals at the Premier League level. That's a big strength. Midfield, Ruben Neves and Jarrell Moutinho. Like I said, very good pairing in the center of midfield. Now, the one weakness, defense. Not sure how yeah. much I trust it without uh, Nuno's system. Connor Cody is still there. He's, he's okay. He's kind of slow. Uh, not really good on recovering. But, you know, that Wolves, Wolves can still defend. It's just, I wonder how they'll do without Nuno. And it's that uncertainty about how they'll cope without Nuno after so many seasons with him, bringing them success. I have them in mid-table. I have them in Tier 3. I, I just don't know how they'll cope without him. Uh, and I also don't think Bruno Laga is that good, given that he was mediocre at Benfica, really. He had a really good start, but tailed off really quickly. Uh, and I don't think they have the squad depth to get into Europe, either. So... I think 12th place. Uh, that, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking a little bit better than last time, but not much. I think Jimenez will still take some time to get back on form. It'll be, it'll, it'll be okay for Wolves, though. All right. Well, I have them just one spot below you in 13th place. I look at this squad. I look at the manager. I look at everything that this team has built. And I see the first two seasons of the Premier League uh, uh, time as overachievements yeah and i i think this is them returning to their mean i i think that that's fine i i think that this is just a mid-table squad everything here is mid-table i have literally nothing else to say because i don't really think about wolves all that much <laughs> if, if there's two th teams that i don't really think about it's like wolves and crystal palace you don't really need to to be fair it's fine yeah no if there are any Wolves or Crystal Palace fans, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We've <laughs> absolutely slain these two clubs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Brighton too, I guess. Yeah. And Southampton. And Southampton. I'm, so, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to any Saints fans. But I spun the wheel to see who we have left. It was a really close one, but we are going to talk about Leicester next. I, I know. Big shock to. Yeah. The, the 20th team, yeah. last but not least. Ending the mega long episode. <laughs> yeah, mega long, but honestly, I'm I'm okay with it. We're talking about Leicester City. Brendan Rogers is their head coach. How did they do last season? Well, I'll tell you. Fifth place. We're in the UCL spots the whole season, dropping out right at the end. Pretty embarrassing by them to do it two years in a row. However, they got their own little uh I, I guess consolation prize. They won the FA Cup over some small team from West London, Chelsea FC. They Dang. also, just this last week, won the Community Shield, the Charity Shield, whatever you want to call it, over Manchester City. That's good news for Jack. He's waving his arms. Transfer yeah. windows for Leicester City. Out. Wes Morgan and Christian 
Fuchis. Fu- fu- I'm not going to say that. Fuchs. <laughs> Fuchs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's really it. Most of the core of this team is still together. Transfers in. Patson freaking Daka from RB Salzburg. Scoring 51 goals in two seasons, he comes in to be a pairing between Vardy and Ahinacho, or I like to call him Nacho, up top, eventually replacing the aging Jamie Vardy. Uh, the other uh, major sign, I guess, would be Ryan Bertrand from Southampton, uh, left back, uh, uh, Buk- I'm not going to, Sumare from Lille, a central midfielder. You know, good depth signs, but let's talk about Daka some more because he is quite the the striker who's going to be an amazing player get him on your fpl teams i know i will i i i think he's going to be a a great great player and their strengths i have three main strengths for them number one they kept their key players all their key players which i guess i should just go over right now daka vardy nacho madison barnes tielmans uh soyunchu bertrand uh schmeichel those are good players and a lot of those are not new players. They're, they're, they're the old guard, but they have been doing so good the past few seasons, and they kept them. Not only that, but it's not just about, like, finding success. It's not just about keeping your good players. It's about adding on to them. And they have depth. And most importantly, they have another attacking threat in DACA. That is so, so huge in finding success. It's not just keeping success, like I mentioned before, but being willing to look into the future, see DACA as a good investment right now. You see Vardy's aging, get DACA in. And that's seamless. I think they're going to do so, so good this season. Weaknesses, however. Uh, Fofana had a bad preseason injury. Jack and Reed talked about it uh, in the Monday show. He'll be out for at least the first half of the season, meaning that his center back pairing, Soyunshu, will be without his right hand man or left hand. I, I don't know which side they prefer, but. One of their hands. Uh, center back depth <laughs> is still needed. I think if it's one more signing that they need to make, it is a center back. Key players I already talked about. So their position, right? It's um, time to break the mold. It's time to get rid of that, that fifth place uh, uh, albatross on their neck right now. I think they're, they're going to do it. They're going to get into the Champions League again. Fourth place. I have them, for my money, the Dark Horses of this entire league if that Fofana injury can get dealt with and they get some reinforcements I think they'll do it fourth place Champions League Jack I already know where it's going to be because I've been writing down your predictions oh, as well okay you have okay is it sixth place it is sixth place yeah okay. bottle jobs that's 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 oh, what I have to say they, they bottle it every time I'm, I'm, I'm done putting faith Chelsea, in Leicester huh? I'm done putting faith in Leicester I also don't like Leicester uh I'm kidding yeah because they I'm, beat I'm kid- you <laughs> I'm kidding I'm kidding but honestly I I don't know I I just I just don't trust this squad enough to what? get everything to get everything right because yes Vardy is good. Yes, Nacho tra- is good. But you trust Liverpool and Spurs over them? Spurs yeah, especially. I I do. Okay. I I think right, it's I think fair. it's wild. But I I think Leicester, you know, they they have good players, but that defensive problem, it's big. They they it, it really is. Like they lost Wes Morgan and Christian Fuchs, who both played defense. Uh, they they were tired and they were getting up there or not retired necessarily christian fuchs is going to charlotte fc but still like they uh they they were still good players 
when called upon. And without Fofana, their center back depth is just really bad. And I think that's going to be a big liability. I really think it is. And, you know, you, you could say all, all this other stuff about like, uh, you know, their forward situation is great. Yes, DACA is a good signing. I'm not sure if he, how well he'll adapt to the Premier League because not it is a big boo. jump from the Austrian Bundesliga to the Premier League. So that, that, I think that's, that, that's something right there. And I don't know, if they lose James Madison as well, it's not, it's not good for them. I don't think they will. I don't think not. they will, but if they, if they are to lose him at any point during the season, that's a big loss for them. Plus, beyond Vardy and Nacho, they don't have a lot of goal threats. Barnes Daka, is a, there you go. Uh, fine, yes, Pats and Daka, <laughs> but Harvey Barnes and uh, Iose Perez haven't really hit their best uh, uh, since, since coming to the club. So I think, I, I don't know, I, I just don't trust them to do it. I've put too right. much faith in them. The, I've put them in the top four the past right. two seasons, but no more. I can't stand it. They bottle, they've bottled it every time. I... I I watch now they're going to do the opposite. So I, maybe maybe this is exactly what Lester need to get into the top four. Me saying that they're going to bottle <laughs> it. Uh, maybe that's what it is. But that's how I see it. It's probably a little harsh to them. Yeah, trust it, trust the process. If I was to do it again, I probably would swap Tottenham and Lester. I'm not going to lie. I that, just just fair. thinking about it. I, pro- I, I probably would swap them, but I'll stick with what I have for now. All right. Well, I, I should note I mentioned three strengths. I didn't mention the third one. Uh, it is, it it's their coach, uh, Brendan Rogers. Oh yeah, Brendan Rogers. And is good. you mentioned Daka coming from Salzburg and maybe not performing very well because you know it is the Austrian Bundesliga. May I remind you, uh, a pretty another prominent striker that came from RB Salzburg. I don't know if you know his name. His name's uh Erling Holland. Yeah, but that's for the Bundesliga. Timo Werner well, was good on. in the Bundesliga, <laughs> and look at him in the Premier League, bro. Look at him. <laughs> well, when, when Holland eventually moves to. Manchester United next season. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right, uh, we will. Speaking of just the Premier League in general, Manchester United and all those teams, Jack, why don't you give us a rundown on your uh, rankings, 1 through 20? Yep, okay. So first, Chelsea. Boo. Second, Man City. Third, Manchester United. Fourth, Liverpool. Fifth, you know what? Uh, should I swap them? No, you're not allowed to swap. I'm you're not, not allowed, allowed to swap them. Okay, Tottenham. Sixth, Leicester City. 7th Aston Villa, 8th Arsenal, 9th Leeds, 10th West Ham, 11th Everton, I forgot I put him that low, 12th Wolves, 13th Newcastle, 14th Brighton, wait, no, Brentford, yeah, Brentford, yeah, I, I, yeah. I have them swapped around on here, what the, yeah, the 14th Brentford, 15th Brighton, 16th Norwich, 17th Burnley, 18th Crystal Palace, I'm sorry for this, la- for this next one, 19th Southampton, and 20th Watford, I feel really bad about Southampton now, I'm not gonna lie, I mean, they're, they're gonna be the ones that, they're gonna need to be the ones to prove you wrong, so, yeah, I, I, yeah don't prove me wrong, Southampton, I'll, I'll happily take it, I'll happily take it. <laughs> My rankings, number one, Manchester City. Bet on Manchester City until proven otherwise, my motto. Two, Chelsea. Three, Manchester United. Fourth, Leicester City. Dark horses, uh, love them to death. Fifth, Liverpool. Sixth, Tottenham Hotspur. Seven, Aston Villa. Eighth, Arsenal. Ninth, Everton. The mid-table clubs coming up here are tenth and Leeds United. Eleventh, West Ham United. Prove me wrong, please. Twelfth, Southampton. Prove me right, please. 13th Wolves, 14th Newcastle United, 15th Crystal Palace in the relegation scraps, 16th Burnley, 17th Brentford, 18th Norwich City, 
19th, Brighton and Hove Albion. So yeah, I said the full name. 20th, Watford. We both agreed on a good amount of those. Uh, Jack, how are you feeling about these predictions before we end this episode off? Not good. Not good. I'll say that much. I feel like I, I put Leicester and Southampton, maybe Crystal Palace too low. And I probably put Brentford, Brighton, and Newcastle too high. But you know what? I'm believing in Chelsea to win the league. We'll do it. We'll do it. It'll happen. <laughs> the, now that you mention it, the only one that I feel not confident in is Southampton. They're, Every, just, so, they're just so unpredictable, really. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see how that turns out for the both of us. Whoever has the, the least uh, standard deviation wins, I guess. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see how, how the end of the season goes for us. I'm sure we're going to get everything wrong. It's only Watford is the champions. Oh, yeah, of course. Troy Deeney for the Golden Boot. West Ham I, fans will love it. I will probably quit the podcast if that happens. <laughs> but it's not, so I can say that. All right. Uh, yeah, you're, tr- you're right. Troy Deeney won't win it. Jack, after 110 minutes, nearly <laughs> an entire feature-length movie, where can people find us on the social media? On Twitter, at Final Third Show. Follow us on there. Join our FPL League from there. Uh, Link in bio. Watch, watch me tweet as Chelsea win the league, obviously. And nope. Southampton maybe get relegated? We'll see. We'll see how many 9-0 losses they have this, seri- this <laughs> season. That, that's, that's the big question. Uh, but for any other soccer news, follow us on there. Join the FPL League, as I said. And AJ, what should people do on their podcast platform of choice? Oh, yeah. Whatever it is, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, what have you, give us a follow. Give us a rating. Uh, not only that, go beyond that. Tell a friend that you enjoy the show. Tell your father, your parental unit. It doesn't have to be your father. You know, there are very different types of parental units out there. Just tell your parental unit about the show. Tell them about how uh, Southampton is apparently going down and Brighton also. So. Yeah, I'm sure they'd love to hear that. I'm sure you're going to love to hear our Monday news and predictions show. We're going to go in on some very big news. Cough, cough, messy, cough, cough, probably Lukaku. Cough, cough, Premier League starting. And we'll see you guys next Thursday for our deep dive episode. Same time, same place. See ya. Bye for now.